Welcome to Shit, I Just Quit My Job. I'm your host, Maricela Herrera, and I'm very happy you're here. This week is Thanksgiving, so I wanted to take a moment to really thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you all for listening to this podcast, and thank you to everyone who has reached out to me as a result. I'm really in awe of how supportive people have been. Honestly, my guests have been so generous with their time, some of them having to tape twice because I'm learning, <laughs> particularly at the beginning. So thankful for everyone who has offered to introduce me to people or provided introductions and everyone who takes time in their week to listen. Really Thank you for letting me be part of your journey. I've gotten notes and comments from people I've never met who have said that the podcast came at the right time for them, that it means something, and that it's helping them feel not so alone. And I'll be honest, it's also helping me feel not so alone. So that's what I set out to do, and it makes me so happy. Uh, I promise you. I promise we're in this together. I'm still in the messy middle figuring it out, and you can come sit with me. The messy middle feels a little less messy when you've got others with you, or at least that's what I've found. So again, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So today, you'll hear from Laura Dillon. I met Laura through my friend Chris. He's the one you heard from early in the podcast, who became an energy healer. So Laura kind of swims in those waters. She is a former accountant who now runs her own holistic healing center. She's also a coach who helps people find their purpose, their calling, their passion. So it was a very, very interesting conversation. Laura's story is one of those where you can really see everything happens for a reason. Everything. After being at her company for 14 years, Laura wanted to do something that was more aligned with her purpose of helping other people. And so she went on this journey to, you know, that brought her to now, to her healing center and the community that she's building of holistic health practitioners and people who want to use their gifts to help others. It was really fun to talk to Laura, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? So my name is Laura Dillon, and I am the founder of Holistic Life Community in Wakefield, Massachusetts. It's a healing and wellness center that I founded back in August 2020, really to be a resource for people to find out about holistic and natural ways to help themselves, to empower the people coming into our center and our community that there are so many natural ways that they can help with their physical, mental, and emotional issues that can be done in collaboration with Western medicine. A little bit about my background. I was an accountant for over 22 years. I worked in some prestigious companies like Deloitte and Touche, Franklin Templeton, and then most recently for 14 years at Converse. Nike was our parent company. 
And at the tail end and part of me wanting to leave, I was struggling with health issues, with severe anxiety, panic attacks. Um, I had a lifelong battle with depression and I just knew that something needed to change or I was going to break. Thanks for sharing that. So you were at Deloitte, you were doing more like external stuff, like consultancy, and then you went in-house. To become a CPA, um, you have to work in public accounting for three years. And so right out of college, I started under that umbrella. I, there was a piece that I loved because you're working like right out of college, I'd be you know, meeting with CFOs of organizations to talk about exciting, fun stuff. So it definitely exposes you to a lot. But, you know, it I knew right away that I wouldn't be there long term. And then um, I started to go into internal corporate accounting where you're working with like month end close and that type of stuff. And that's where I was for most of my career at Franklin Templeton. I worked at a couple of startups in the San Francisco Bay Area, because that's where I'm from. And then um, my long-term position was at Converse. I was director of accounting um, here in the Boston area for 14 years. I, I was there when Nike acquired us. I started in 2003, and so I went through that whole acquisition process. I was responsible for consolidating the financial statements at month end. Back then, we would literally do everything on Excel, and I we had... Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. it was We had four people in the accounting department, and when I left, we had, I don't know, I think over 80 globally. So we had grown so much, and... I had three children there. It was amazing. But with that being said, you know, I did not have a work-life balance. And I think that's where a lot of my physical and mental health issues started to show themselves more significantly. When I think about how you're talking about your work before and what you're doing now, the difference is really big. The accounting side is a very different side of, I would say, your brain or things that you would be drawn to to then come into this holistic health practice. Did you feel while you were those 14 years at Converse doing accounting, doing months end, which I would assume is a very peaky workload, did you feel like a certain part of you was not coming out like or were you so cerebrally in the accounting that you didn't actually notice it it's funny because I would find other ways to satisfy my needs to help people whether it was through volunteering or my husband used to call people that I would meet like my pet projects because I just wanted to take them under my wing and help them. And one profound moment that really sticks out in my mind as I really, it became clear that I needed to leave. So um, Converse used to be in North Andover, which is about 45 minutes north of Boston. And in 2015, we moved to Boston right at the Lovejoy Wharf right across from the Boston Garden and so at the same time we had implemented SAP and I was like responsible for reporting and analytics for that whole implementation which was insane in 2016 it was really starting to 
catch up with me, like all the stress of all this stuff. And I used to take the train from Reading to South Station in Boston, which was like a 20 minute ride, quick ride. And so one week I remember they were doing all this construction in that area. And I was walking through the garden and you had to walk outside. And I remember seeing this woman who was probably in her 20s. And there were a lot of homeless people in that area. But for whatever reason, this woman really caught my attention. And I kept hearing this voice in my head, like, you need to go talk to her, you know, and I'm getting off the train, I have all my bags, and I'm like, just trying to get to the office, right? So I walked by this woman, and, you know, just ignored my intuition. The next day, it happens again, and I'm just really being drawn to talk to this woman. After the third day, I walked by her a third time, and at lunchtime, I went out there during lunch and I, she was, you know, on something, probably heroin or something, but like I could, I don't know, I could just, I was just being so drawn to talk to her. So I go over there when she's sitting on the stoop and um, her name was Courtney and I just sit down with her and I start asking her like where is your family Courtney why are you why are you out here do you have no place to live and what she revealed to me was I think the beginning of me needing to do this purposeful work she basically told me she had a five-year-old daughter and I have three daughters and at that time you know my girls were probably six eight and twelve and I just start crying because I'm imagining this daughter without a mother and, you know, this mother with, you know, not being around her daughter. And I'm like, where is your, where is your daughter? And her mom had been taking care of her and had been raising her. And so I developed this relationship with her and I ended up getting her into, um, she ended up getting housing and was able to go into a facility and stuff. And it was the first time that I really trusted and like didn't care what other people were thinking. Like, and then I became this woman at work. Like people knew that I was helping this woman and they would come up to me and they're like, Oh, I saw Courtney today. And like it, you know, when, People are doing their thing, those things. There's something that is like so painful inside them that they're using these things to cover it up, right? And I had always been an extremely, extremely sensitive and emotional person. And I would do things, hindsight, that I understand why. Like if I was in a big group of people for a long time, I had to go be by myself. I had to retreat. And from what I know now is like I was taking on everybody's energy and I was intuitively like what I was being drawn to to go by myself, go sit out in nature because I knew that it helped calm me, like it helped me feel better just that alone time. So that was a really pivotal moment in uh, in me recognizing that there's this calling inside me that I need to teach and help 
So when I left Converse, when I ended up leaving in March of 2017, I had three requirements. The first, that I was not budging for. Whatever I did, I had to have a work-life balance. Number two, I had to do something that was going to make a difference in the world. And number three, I had to do something that I was super passionate about. And I was not going to budge. This next thing I was doing was was not just to collect a paycheck. It had to be very purposeful. And I didn't really find this true alignment with the center till 2020. But I did get into some of the energy healing and coaching stuff prior to that. And I kind of was on this meandering path till I kind of just found this complete alignment of this community and this healing center and bringing these powerful, amazing women together to share their work and their gift. As you were talking about this experience with Courtney, and honestly, your experience with how you would feel in groups, and I and I tend to relate to that quite a bit. People who are very sensitive or have high levels of empathy can be really great leaders, but it can also be a big, I don't want to say the word burden, but it can be very challenging to to be able to manage it. Yeah. I do think there is such a thing as empathy burnout. And I think a lot of managers and team leaders can suffer from that. Absolutely. I mean, I think just like any personality trait, there are positive and and things that need to be worked on, right? Positive and negative, I, I would say. Like when you're in extreme stress state, you know, you tend to go to more of the negative attributes of, you know, a lot of the personality profiling. Like I um, just learned one recently, Enneagram, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm definitely a two on the Enneagram, which is like the helper, the the healers, the, that type. And, um, you know, understanding what makes you tick, I think is so, so powerful because it, it gave me so much clarity to why I do what I do. And so for the Enneagram, I think it's that the the core wound is fear of not being loved, right? Mm. So we're trying to help all so we can almost receive back, even though, I mean, I'm not doing that intentionally, but maybe subconsciously, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so when you start understanding these dynamics these behaviors of why you do what you do. And, you know, on the accounting side, it's funny because I was always really good in math. Like I used to get like A pluses and in, in math and like it just came so easy to me. And so I did have this analytical side, but what I have found here in this center, I found this balance of both because I'm running the business. I'm able to use my analytical abilities to forecast, to budget, to, you know, do the revenue stuff. But then I'm also working with people, I'm coaching, and then I have all of the women in the center, what I call my partners, that are working out of the center, that I'm using my business expertise, but then also my energetic, um, intuitive abilities to help them do what they love and to be the best ver version of themselves so that they 
can do what they need to do that fulfills them, right? I love that. Again, having both of those sides, I think, can make a big impact, especially as you're now, you know, a business owner and working with a bunch of other people to help them be more successful. So you said that was 2015 when you're working with Courtney. You left in 2017. You left Converse. So how did the understanding that, you know, let me do something else came to you? Yeah. So basically, I had made the decision after we implemented SAP, SAP. which was like an 18-month project. So we had moved and then implemented SAP. That was kind of the final straw for me. We had so much change happening in the organization. We had like 15 of our leaders, our CEO, CFO, all of them had transitioned within this two-year two period. And I personally had had four bosses in a year. And there was so much change happening. I could feel myself shutting down almost. So I remember the summer of the summer of 2016. My husband went up to Vermont. He's a mountain biker. He cuz we had always talked about someday buying land and he's a general contractor, he's a builder. And so he comes home from this guy's weekend mountain biking up there and he's like I found the land. I found the land that we're going to buy. And in that second, I was just like, I'd been so emotional all summer. I was coming home from work crying almost every day. And I'm like, this is not worth it. And that's what the universe does. It, it, it forces you to be so uncomfortable that you're willing to like take all of these fears and what ifs of like, what am I going to do? Who am I going to be? And, and to actually step into that because the status quo is, is not working for you anymore. Right. And so my, my dad is a real estate agent. And so it was ingrained in us to buy real estate. I mean, I remember my parents were divorced, but when we would go to my dad's house, we'd be at the dinner table and him and my sister, my older sister, went to Wharton. Um, she got her MBA, MBA at Stanford, always been like so business. So they would have these discussions and I'd be sitting there kind of bored because like, it, I don't know, it, like, you know, I, I don't know, I was like 10 or whatever. And like, he would be telling us all about this thing in escrow and he has a deal closing. And like, it was just so ingrained in us. And we would see him you know, do very well with real estate. So my husband and I, we were good at, we bought some real estate when I was making, making the money at Converse. And so we owned a two family. And so when my husband came home that day, I literally was like, we're selling Somerville. I'm leaving my job and we're going to figure it out. And so we, had to sell the property we put it on the market we were able to sell it and but I was still at Converse I still hadn't made any decisions yet we had rented a ski house up in Vermont that winter and um, my mother-in-law came up on a Friday and she's very Irish Catholic 
and she goes to church every Sunday. And I said to her, I said, Mary, can you please just say a prayer for me that I get a severance package or just in my mind? Like I, there was nothing happening at the time. And she's like, yep, no joke. One week later, the following Friday. So back then, if you worked 40 hours before 12 p.m. on Friday, you could leave. So I usually had, and I was usually leaving by 12 on Friday. But this day I happened, I had some stuff due, so I was staying later. It was like two o'clock and my new boss, who I had had for two months, he called, he's like, called me and he's like, hey, I'm up in this conference room. Would you mind coming up? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, this would happen a lot. So I walk up and I see this HR person there. And I kind of just broke down because I knew because like, even though that's what I wanted, it was like, I, I had attached who I was to this job. Mm -hmm. I had three children there. I was like head of accounting, you know, I, 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 I mean, I, you know, there were the CFO and the controllers up above me, but like we started with four people. Like I was so instrumental and, and then it's like, what, who am I if I'm not that, right? And so because I'd been there so long, I was very blessed. I got a very good severance package. Nike is amazing with, you know, taking care. They have very good benefits and stuff. But once I ended up leaving, I went through this whole grieving process. I literally felt like somebody had died and it was that old version of me, of who I was, I had to be like released and buried and let go so that I could become this next version of who, who this next chapter in my life, which was scary, like so scary. Oof, that, I just felt that so much how you said that. In your case, you knew you wanted to leave, you knew you were going to leave, but it, I think it also is different when you know, you know, you are going to do it, but then something else happens that yeah. tortures you. So, and for me, it was, I, I made the decision and I left and I feel grief, but I had never put it in the context that you just said, that you were grieving, like basically the you of that time Yeah, had to basically die, I guess, disappear, like changed for yeah. whoever else was going to come out of it. I was literally on this hamster wheel. I never got off this hamster wheel. And I was just fueling myself on adrenaline. I was just constantly going, never, never stopping. So for the first time in a very long time, I got off this hamster wheel. And then all these things that were causing my depression, that were causing my anxiety started to come up. And I had to start dealing with them because I now had time. My kids were at school and we had a, a yellow lab retriever, Cody, who at the time was probably 13. And he had double hip dysplasia. When he was six months old, they said he would only live till eight but he lived till 16. And so I started walking my dog. Okay, a 13-year-old yellow lab retriever, retriever with double hip dysplasia is not really running. 
and he was the sweetest dog in the whole world. So I would go on these walks with him and I would start noticing these things that I had never noticed before. And I'll give you an example. So, you know, like you're walking along and you're just noticing the colors, the trees. And like I describe it, like all of a sudden I, I, like I had lived my whole life in this box and then like one of the sides fell down and I started noticing these things, these colors I'd never noticed before. So this one day I'm, I walked into the park and I would like let him off leash at the park. But, I mean, he was the sweet, he never, because he had double hip dysplasia if any dog came up to him, he'd like just get oh. on his back. Like he, he would never like fight any dog or anything. So when I would whistle for him, I had this one whistle and it was like, um, I'll try to do it now, but it was like, <whistles> and so he would know and then he would come, come running. So I'm walking him this one day and he was on the leash because we had left the park and I hear this whistle that sounds exactly like that. And I'm like, where is this coming from? And I look up and there is a cardinal in a tree it has multiple um, calls, but there's one of the calls that sounds exactly like what I just whistled. And I just start laughing to myself. I'm like, I've been speaking cardinal to Cody this whole time. And I didn't even know it. Right. But like, it's something like so ridiculous and silly, but it was because I'm paying attention. I'm smelling the flowers. Like I'm off of this hamster wheel and it just, when you start becoming aware of life and yourself and these patterns that we have, it has this ripple effect to everyone around you. I started improving my relationships with my kids because I was less frustrated and irritated and I wouldn't snap at them as much. I started connecting more with my husband and like, you know, every relationship has things right mm -hmm. but like I started to recognize behaviors that were like that I didn't like about myself right yeah um and it was just it it was really really a profound but an extremely difficult time because I I didn't know who I was how did you start figuring that out well Honestly, the walks was the very first step, but then I really started to connect back to my roots. I have uh, Mexican. I also have Native American and Irish in me. And I started to take classes and um, to rediscover my spirituality. You know, I had been born and raised in the Catholic. I went to uh, parochial school from kindergarten to eighth grade growing up. So I always believed in God and, you know, Jesus and all of that. But I had kind of disconnected from that in college, actually. I went to Boston College. But this is when all of the um, scandals in Boston were happening. With the oh. And I was so bothered and disgusted and disturbed. Like, I just kind of shut that down. So I started taking these classes and just started understanding so many of the belief system, like, especially with 
Native Americans and indigenous, like they're so connected to nature and the land. And um, there's a a concept called walking in beauty by uh, the Navajo, Navajo Nation. They actually refer to themselves as Diné, D-I-N-E, with a little thing over the E, because Navajo was actually given to them by the white person, and it means thief. Do you know that? Yeah. It's actually really disturbing. So there's a concept called walking in beauty where like literally everything is connected, right? So you throw a rock into a river and the ripples impact the deer down the way that's drinking the water. And it's just, it's about this connection that we're all connected and it just really resonated with right and then um, I started to get into some of the shamanic stuff which is is big in Mexico and some of these Mm -hmm. South American countries where just understanding the power of animals and nature and these herbs and like it it just really resonated with me at a soul level I started surrounding myself with people that Maybe we're doing or practicing some of these ceremonial type things. And I remember like the first time I heard like a drumming circle, it was like, I felt like within five seconds, we were like laying down on these yoga mats. I just went into a trance state. It was so powerful for me. Right. And so I started to find these things that helped me feel better that helped me feel more connected to community or um to practices right I started meditating which I always struggled with meditating but I tell people I'm like go sit outside in nature for 15 minutes that's meditating like doctors now prescribe walks in nature for their patients because you're exhaling carbon dioxide and the trees are giving you oxygen so there's a scientific benefit but i believe there's way more that's happening right and i just started to calm my nervous system right i was having four to five panic attacks a day and i started to be more present and things started to shift not overnight i've been on this journey for six years now But I can honestly say I am not the same person I was in 2017. I am so much happier with myself. I'm proud of myself for what I've been able to accomplish. And I, you know, I'm on this podcast because I hope to be a influence to inspire others to start following their passions and purpose because when you do you know it's like the cliche thing like it doesn't feel like a job yeah there's stuff that you have to do that you don't like whether you're following your purpose or not but like before I would say 20% of the time I liked what I was doing 80% I did now I'm the opposite now I'm probably more like 15% and stuff you're like Ugh. And 85, I'm so aligned with my soul. I remember when I first started getting into energy work, one of my first clients I saw, I came home from that client and I said to my husband, I just experienced the most magical moment that I can recall. Other than with like delivering a child or 
with your husband or something, right? And that lady just paid me. And I feel like I should be paying her because that was unbelievable, right? Like that's when you know you're doing the right thing. When you're like, it's not about the money. It's so interesting because it seems like you came out of Converse with the intention to work on you, on getting yourself back to a place of calm and centeredness and peace and like get to know who you are without this 14 years of, you know, labels and, and identity that you have created and yet found through that what you wanted to do. You had very clear, you said a while ago, like the things that you wanted in whatever was next. Yeah. Did you think you were going to go, you know, take time off and then I'm going to look for a job with these three criteria in mind? Did it come out of left field in a way when you started to realize, you know what, maybe it is not something I'm going to find in another place, but something that I'm going to create myself. I did not have that intention that I needed to heal as much as I did in myself. I had set the intention. This was March of 2017. Actually, St. Patrick's Day was my last day. And I was going to give myself till the end of the summer to be a stay-at-home mom for the first time in my life. And my kids in the beginning were like, Mom, you're like the worst. You pick us up wrong places you forget what time I'm like I know I'm learning give me space uh, <laughs> but at the same time that I left two of my daughters had anaphylactic food allergies and we had been on this waiting list of this woman in Lexington who was helping kids overcome their severe food allergies and it had been three and a half years and at the same time I left I get a call from this woman saying there's one spot open. We can start seeing one of your daughters. So I start bringing my youngest, Brooke, and I'm now watching her eat these things that she had previously anaphylaxed to. And it, that in itself is really scary, but like I was just trusting my intuition. And so the woman approaches me in one of the sessions and says, hey, I know you just left your job. Would you be interested in being trained in this? And I was like, not really. I'm no, I don't. I know accounting. Like what? I don't know what you're doing. But there was something in the back of my mind. So you had to sign up for these prerequisite energy courses. Her training program was starting in the end of September, and so I had signed up for these prerequisite programs in early September. Just kind of, I was like, just in case. So I go to this weekend training, it's like this energy medicine, I don't even know, but like, you know, you think about like acupuncture and we've got the, like, so many cultures have these different energy practices. So I, I did it that weekend and I came home and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I want to do that training. Like I was so blown away with it and that so many things that we could do on our own to help ourselves. And I, it just, I was blown away. So I reached out to the woman and I was like, is it too late to join? Because I want to join. I ended up doing that and I got trained in it. I don't practice that. Uh, it's called allergy release technique. I don't practice it anymore because it was more the energy work that she uses that was 
what I was more drawn to. So that was kind of my stepping stone into into this holistic health world. And, you know, my kids were eating all the foods. And it was like, to me, it was Pandora's box opening up, recognizing how powerful we are at, as human beings innately and how much we can heal ourselves. Like, it just, it was pretty profound. I'm sure it's incredible. Something that you don't think can be necessarily changed right. and it can so that was the first first step yeah and so this is 2017 but you didn't start the center until 2020 yeah. so what led you to that decision so I got trained in the allergy release technique I graduated from that in 2018 and during that time I was taking all these other different courses I got trained in this other modality called emotion code, which has a lot to do with ancestral healing, which is, it coincides a lot with like a lot of philosophies and the, the Mexican culture and stuff. You, you know, you think of Dia de las Muertes, which is, mm -hmm. you know, day of the dead on November 1st. And it's so much about honoring the ancestors and like these things that get passed down. So I started at a center here locally where I was just renting out the back office of this holistic wellness center and they focused more on the physical body. They did um, nutritional response testing where they'll hold um, certain supplements and they can do muscle testing and stuff. And so they started sending me all the, a bunch of their clients that were having some of these physical issues. And I was doing more of the energy Reiki, emotion code stuff. And they were working on the physical body. And I was like, this is so powerful when the people are focusing on healing their mental, emotional, physical bodies, like not just doing physical body, right? And so I actually went to this psycho, psychic medium, this woman, Angel Amy, who actually just did an event here last night. I, I love her. <laughs> so this 2018, so I was there for a while I, through 2019. And, and in the fall of 2019, I met with her. And I was like, Amy, I'm kind of feeling like I need to leave Nutritional Whole Health Solutions. And... She looks at me, she's like, oh, yeah, you're going to be gone in April of 2020. And I was like, what? No, I'm not ready to go off on my own, like, you know? <laughs> and so, no joke. So that was October. January 1st, the owner comes up to me and says, Laura, I don't know how to tell you this. We love having you here, but we're growing so fast. We're going to need your office back. I know that the lease goes till February, but I'll give you till April of 2020. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I kind of like I just laughed because I was like oh I guess that's really true so I signed the the lease to a new space knowing I needed I wanted to create that mind body soul connection a place to have that so that new space had four offices I signed the lease on March 10th of 2020 Oof. And then the world shut down. I didn't actually open the center until August. Like, there are no coincidences. Mm -mm, I don't believe in coincidences yeah. either. I say that a lot. At any time, did you 
freaked out because it feels like everything was happening so like it should like it was every every day I doubted every single day I I mean there were so many times I'm like what the f am I doing all the time I was doubting I would have emotional meltdowns like but then something else would happen that would validate for me that I was on the right path and then somebody else would come into my life that just you know left their job they want to be part of this community they want to work at the center they don't need money how can they help things just kept happening and like it just I was being supported but of course, of course, we are always going to question and doubt. And I would say best piece of advice is to make your decisions based on faith and not fear, right? When you mm. have a big decision to make, I'm such a feeling person, like how does it feel? But like if you're going to do some one thing versus the other, why? Are you doing that other thing because you are afraid and it's the safe solution? Really evaluate why you're choosing to do something versus not. And the scary part is when you make it on faith because you don't know how you're going to get from A to Z. Mm -hmm. But I believe so much and take one step in that direction that you need to be. Because... If you would have told me when I left Converse that I would be doing what I'm doing now, I'd be like, like, I didn't even know this job existed. Like, how? there's no way I could have predicted what I'm doing. We tend to base our future based on what we've experienced or the only thing we know. Mm -hmm. But there's so many more endless possibilities. But we restrict it because we base it on our limited knowledge or our past experiences. It's interesting to think, you know, like you said, you can make decisions on faith. You can make decisions based on fear. However, <laughs> signing a lease on March 10th or 2020 and having a pandemic which we didn't see coming. Mm -hmm. How did you keep yourself motivated after that? It actually helped me get through it because it had, it gave me something to focus on and a purpose. Like mm. it, it was a light in it. Like think of starting something new. There's so much energy behind it. It's birthing something, right? It's like excitement, like, so many emotions but like this was my passion I was creating this network this community and and what ended up happening is like I one of my gifts is my ability to find and connect people with community and uh, bring people together like I I always did really well on teams I played team sports my whole life and, you know, the SAP project was super successful at Converse. And, like, we did a really good job as a team when people put their egos aside. And so I had this vision of, like, this team of holistic professionals that were really good at what, like, these all-star people that 
kicked ass at what they did and like just coming together as this community to help people. I had a lot of like that fire energy inside me. So it became a retreat center for me in a sense because my kids were all being at home on Zoom and the center was nobody was coming in. So they were doing school. They each had their own office and room and like we'd bring our dog in and like we kind of just embraced it. And so then I started finding practitioners. They started working out of the center. It, it just became really powerful because we were building the foundation for this next phase that I've just entered, I feel like. So you also became a coach through this time when you left Converse. Yeah. So when I first started out, I was focusing more on the energy healing, like people's symptoms and like what they were struggling with. I was really using a lot of my intuitive abilities, but I would find there would be certain people that I just loved, loved, loved working with. And it was people that I was helping them find their purpose mm. and, and using my own experiences, right? Like that's so much, I believe, of, you know, like being a reference for people, not that they have to do it the same way at all, but mm -hmm. understanding kind of the principles and the concepts and things that you go through, right? And so I kind of started shifting away from like the true energy healing and like incorporating both into more like purpose and alignment and helping people to heal and clear the blockages that are preventing them from finding their purpose, from sharing their gifts, from shining their light. Right. And so I, um, yeah, I got into this business and spiritual coaching. So like these people who are have an idea maybe maybe it's a florist maybe it's like it doesn't even matter what it is if it's something that's bringing you so much joy and like you know when you're starting a business there is so much imposter syndrome you're like am I even worthy of doing this like mm -hmm. how can I even do this or when you start seeing clients initially how can I charge this person like I, I don't even feel like I know what I'm doing right like there's so much that it's so normal, but just continuing to give people tools and different things that they can continue to step forward into what it is they're being drawn to do. Can you give us an example of something that you use to help people get over that fear? I know I have that fear. So I'd say there's several things to pay attention to. The body is always giving us messages, right? So paying attention when somebody says something, if you get feel like something in your chest and your throat or whatever, what is it that the person said that's causing you to get triggered, right? Like, so like I'm doing a class here next week called Where Are Your Money Blocks? We're going to be basically, I'm, I have all these statements that I'm going to be saying, which is could trigger something in people, right? It's like that could be an identifier of like, what's this limiting belief? Like, for example, money is at the root of all evil, right? Like, does that resonate with people or not? And if if it, if you don't have any issues with that, you're not going to feel anything. But like, mm -hmm. for some people, it could really like trigger s certain things, right? So paying attention to your to your body and like sensations is is 
something so powerful. Um, what are you saying to yourself? So this mm -hmm. is another Dr. Joe Dispenza thing. We have over 70,000 thoughts a day. You can't be telling yourself, this is never going to work. I'm not. I'm not going to. And that was, he, I found him early on my journey. And I promise you there were, are not many people that spoke worse to themselves than I did. And in the beginning, you're going to keep doing it, but you become aware and you're like, wait a second, that's not a true statement. I'm going to erase that, reject, delete. No, that's not true. So paying attention to your thoughts and what you're saying to yourself. You're not going to be able to catch everything, but it's a process and stop the um, self-sabotage and inner critic. Mm. That's a huge one. And then meditation for me it calms the nervous system i get so i call them downloads or just moments of clarity when i am on a walk and sometimes i'm not even listening to music i'm just the lake that we're on here at the new office it's 3.2 miles it's like the perfect amount for me to walk around like something that i've been struggling with or need a decision on like something will pop into my head and I'm like oh right and for me I get those moments of clarity on walks some people it might be for music doing art sometimes it whatever the thing is that allows you to quiet your mind so you get these moments of clarity yeah I think I've read that that's why a lot of people have aha moments in the shower because it's when yes. you're kind of yeah not in your head yeah I've heard that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so you just mentioned something you said in the new space. So your center from 2020 to now, you are in a new space because you've grown. Yeah. How has that journey been? It's a lot. <laughs> we, uh, we're in the same complex. We just moved to a new location and we are literally our view is right of Lake Quinnipaua and Lakefield, Wakefield, Mass. The biggest problem with the other space is we didn't have a classroom. So we would, mm. any classes that we did, we would do in the open main area. But you can really only do that at night um, when the people weren't seeing clients. So in this new space, we have a dedicated, beautiful studio classroom that literally overlooks the lake. We're going to be doing so many amazing things here from like women's empowerment stuff. I'm doing an abundance retreat. I haven't even listed it yet, but the end of January, um, I'm so connected in the holistic community. I just envision us doing, um, you know, even like corporate wellness. Like if you have a small team of 20 people or less, like having a day of wellness here where you know, you can really do community building and, um, you know, I don't know, maybe a breathwork class together, right? Like doing different types of different types of things that uh, people need. People need to calm their nervous systems. I really believe. I can agree with that. <laughs> I know I do. I know. It's like we're so stressed out all the time. Thank you, Laura. This has been really fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Shit, I Just Quit My Job. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means the world to me. Please share with your friends. <laughs>